0: Welcome and thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in 2018, the latest year for which incidence data are available In the US, more than 1.7 million new cases of cancer were reported and just under 600,000 people died of cancer. For every 100,000 people, 436 new cancer cases were reported and 149 people died of cancer. Breast cancer is the second most common cancer in women after skin cancer and cancer is the second leading cause of death in the US, exceeded only by heart disease. One in every four deaths in the U.S. is due to cancer. Here to explain more about breast cancer, who is at risk, how early we should start screenings and self-checks, treatments, and long-term effects is Dr. Katherine Jones, an oncologist for Texas Tech Physicians, associate professor at TTUHSC Department of Internal Medicine and medical director of the UMC Cancer Center. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the Health Sciences Center? So my name is Dr. Catherine Jones. I'm a medical
1: oncologist um, at UMC Cancer Center. I did my training in medical oncology at Baylor Salmons in Dallas. And currently, I serve as the Division Chief of Oncology as well as a Clinical Director of Operations at the Cancer Center. And my clinical focus is primarily in breast cancer. And so I see and treat patients who have been diagnosed with breast cancer um, and do all of their follow-ups, chemotherapy, treatment, all of that. And then I also see some patients with GI malignancies, brain tumors, sarcomas, etc.
0: Can you tell us what is breast cancer?
1: So breast cancer is obviously a disease of the breast tissue. And so it can arise either in the duct or lobule, which are components of the breast. The lobules are where we make milk and ducts are how we transport it to the nipple. And so cancer is... Some abnormal cell division that's occurring in one of those areas that results in an overgrowth for some reason, and then a resultant tumor that can potentially spread to other places in the body.
0: What are the symptoms? So
1: for the most part, a lot of women are caught on screening mammogram, and so they don't necessarily have any symptoms, except that we identify some sort of abnormality on their mammogram. But if a patient is presenting with symptoms, many times they'll have a complaint of a lump in the breast Or in the underarm. There can be changes in the skin of the breast or in the nipple with nipple retraction. Um, Patients can complain of nipple discharge, primarily bloody nipple discharges of concern. Sometimes the breast can be swollen or red, can feel heavy. And sometimes it's not as common, but patients can also complain of pain in the breast.
0: Who is at risk for developing breast cancer? Is it exclusive to women with a family history of it? It is not. So
1: the average woman, one in eight women will develop breast cancer in their lifetime, and that's regardless of family history. Certainly, family history plays a significant role. So we would classify that as familial breast cancer. And so women who have a family history of breast cancer are at definitely at increased risk for getting cancer, and they account for about 15 to 20% of breast cancer cases that we encounter. About 5% of them are due to genetic mutations, so an underlying genetic syndrome that we inherit from mom or dad that predisposes us to breast cancer risk. And then the remainder, so about 75% of breast cancers occur in what we would consider to be average risk women. And so in that case, we see that breast cancer occurs with increasing age, so the older we get, the more likely we are to develop it. Having children at a later age in life uh, increases our risk for breast cancer. So people who have children, their first live birth is how we classify that, after the age of 30 is an increased risk. Women who never have children are at increased risk for breast cancer. Starting periods at a very young age or going through menopause at a late age can increase someone's risk. Smoking, alcohol, Usually drinking more than about three drinks per day is associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. So there's lots of factors that can contribute to it, but it's not just women who have a family history. There's lots of different things that can occur in our lives that can put us at risk. And then just being a woman is one of the biggest risks for getting it.
0: How can we decrease our risk of getting breast cancer? And at what age should we start with self-checks or mammograms? So current recommendation, they vary depending
1: on what society you look at. And the United States Preventive Services Task Force, unfortunately, doesn't recommend women start screening until 50. But most cancer societies and radiology societies would recommend that women start screening at age 40. Now, that is a recommendation for average risk women. And so a woman with no family history, who doesn't have significant risk factors, those women should start screening once a year at 40 with mammograms. Women have to talk to their doctor to determine if their risk is elevated, and that can be calculated with various calculators that take into the different risk factors that can be associated. And then there are some models that take into family history and those sorts of things in calculating a woman's risk. If a woman is found to be at increased risk, which we typically define as more than 20% lifetime risk of breast cancer, then they can get screening with annual breast MRI in addition to mammography. So that's something they need to talk to their doctor about to get a better define of what their personal risk is.
0: Now, I've seen on the internet some articles or even some websites about things you can do to decrease your chances like breastfeeding or maybe vitamin supplements or preventative surgery. Does that help at all? So...
1: Breastfeeding has been identified as a way that women can reduce their risk of getting breast cancer. Uh, We also recommend reducing alcohol consumption and minimizing that. Women with a BMI over 25 are at increased risk of breast cancer, and so we recommend obviously maintaining a healthy weight and a healthy diet. There have been some data to suggest that women who have high-fat diets have an increased risk for breast cancer, and so trying to maintain a healthy diet that's low in fat is also recommended. And so those are just some sort of lifestyle modifications that we can do. Those could be recommended for anyone um, in general. For women who are at high risk for developing breast cancer, as defined by some of those risk calculators that we discussed, those women can potentially be candidates for risk reduction medication. And so there's currently two FDA-approved medications, which are tamoxifen and raloxifene. Tamoxifen is approved for pre- and postmenopausal women. Raloxifene is only approved in the postmenopausal setting. But those are medications that can reduce a woman's risk of breast cancer by about 50 to 60%. So they're extremely effective, but they're currently only indicated in women who are identified to be high risk and women who are over the age of 35. So again, that's a discussion someone would have to have with their doctor to know if they'd be a candidate for those medications. As far as risk reduction surgery is concerned, we recommend that in women who have known genetic mutations that can predispose them to breast cancer, such as the BRCA mutations, which... I think people are most familiar with. There are others. And so if someone does have a, a strong family history for cancer syndromes, they should be evaluated by a genetic counselor um, so they can identify if there's a genetic syndrome. But BRCA is what most people are familiar with. And in those cases, we recommend prophylactic surgery because it is about a 96% risk reduction and is extremely effective. But that is not recommended for what would be considered average-risk women.
0: How do you treat Uh, breast cancer, and, and is it fatal?
1: So it depends on a lot of factors. So what I often tell my patients when they come is that breast cancer is not just one disease, and so it's not treated just one way. So typically, if someone presents in the early set, like early stage, so stage one to stage three, those patients generally will have some form of surgery which can either be just removal of the tumor and sampling of lymph nodes or potentially removal of the whole breast or both breasts, which is referred to as mastectomy. And that can either be done before or after chemo, depending on the type of the patient's breast cancer. There are some types of breast cancer, particularly those that are hormone positive and HER2 negative, that many times will not require chemotherapy. Patients who have triple negative disease or HER2 positive disease often require chemotherapy, and in HER2 positive disease, they require the addition of an immunotherapy type of drug, such as trastuzumab. And so it really depends on the individual subtype of disease and the stage at presentation. Breast cancer can potentially be curable if it presents early and can be treated in the early stages. Even those that require chemotherapy are potentially curable. It can, however, be fatal. So sometimes women present already with stage four disease, meaning they've already had the breast cancer spread to some distant site, such as their bones, lung, liver. And in those cases, that's not considered curable, and and those women would eventually um, pass from their disease. Those can still be treated, and some of those women can be treated for for years, but it again depends on the subtype of the disease and then the woman's kind of overall burden of disease. There are hormone-positive breast cancer patients who in the metastatic setting can be treated for many years and have very good quality of life. Um, so the, the subtype of breast cancer is extremely important factor in determining the overall prognosis for the patient.
0: So are there any long-term health issues for people who have beat breast cancer?
1: There, there absolutely are. So in people who have chemotherapy, there's small risks but they're not zero and there's some risk of secondary cancers such as leukemias. People may be familiar with Robin Roberts, who's the sort of TV anchor. so she had had breast cancer and then ultimately developed a, a syndrome in her bone marrow called myelodysplastic syndrome, which is a potential side effect of chemotherapy. There are certain chemotherapy drugs we give that also put people at risk for cardiovascular events. Um, So some of the chemo we use can potentially cause heart failure in the future, and so people have to be watched for that. They're also at risk for just coronary artery disease because of the chemotherapy. Some of the endocrine therapy that we use in hormone-positive disease can affect patients' cholesterol and their overall bone health, and so we have to monitor for those things. And then in patients who require radiation therapy, there is some potential risk of, of sort of collateral radiation to the heart. And so that can increase someone's risk of cardiovascular disease. The machines for doing radiation are significantly better now than they were 10 or 15 years ago. And they're able to really um, modulate where the radiation beams go. And so they can minimize that pretty well, but it's still not zero. How can people get screenings? So most of the time people have their screening ordered by their primary care provider. A lot of times that's someone's internal medicine or family medicine physician. Or in the case of a lot of women, that's their gynecologist. So any primary care provider can order those. So if a woman is of appropriate age for screening or maybe at increased risk, they just need to talk to their doctor about getting their screening mammogram ordered. It's important to note that if a woman has a complaint in the breast, they need to discuss that with their doctor because we we do that breast imaging and that mammogram slightly differently. Um, and so if we know going into the situation that the woman has a complaint in her breast, the text in the mammography will mark the breast differently and signal to the radiologist that there's a breast complaint so they can look at that a little more closely than they do with a standard screening mammogram where the woman has no breast complaints.
0: Now, what about men? Are they at risk for getting breast cancer and What about trans men or trans women? Should they get screenings as well? So for men,
1: they can get breast cancer. It's certainly not as common as it is in women. But in men who have a family genetic syndrome, such as BRCA syndrome, then the rate increases significantly. So in those cases, the screening recommendations for men are to have surveillance and baseline mammogram, Um, whereas For men just without a family genetic syndrome, such as BRCA, they are not recommended to get routine mammogram or screening, but they still can get breast cancer. So it's important that if a man feels something in their chest, they are sure to point that out to their physician so it can be worked up appropriately. As relates to trans men, if they have had breast surgery and no longer have breast tissue, then they would not require screening mammograms at that time. But if they have not undergone that um, surgery as part of their transition as a biological woman, then they would be recommended to still have their screening mammograms on the standard schedule starting at the same age, starting at age 40. For trans women, because they is a reconstructed breast in most cases, if they've had that surgery, then that is not recommended for screening mammogram unless, again, there was the uh, family history of some sort of genetic syndrome that would put them in a different category to be at higher risk than another biological male.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: October is actually Breast Cancer um, Awareness Month, and so it's just important to keep in mind that um, breast cancer is a disease that we can detect early if people get their screening.
0: And so get out and get screened. Thanks for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. In our next episode, we'll talk to Dr. Victor Test about lung health. So make sure you don't miss it and subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your health care provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and is produced by T.R. Castillo, Susana Cisneros, and me, Melissa Whitfield.